Let's welcome our next head football coach, Coach Alex Golis. Bulls fans, it's time for a special USF football radio show with head coach Alex Golish. On the ball. Over the next hour, you'll get to know the new head coach of the Bulls, and we'll also catch up with quarterback Gary Bohannon. Give him a first down. That's a heck of a run by Bohannon. Extremely impressive. Now from World of Beer, Fowler Avenue, along with the coach, here are Jim Lauk and Joey Johnston. And welcome to World of Beer on Fowler Avenue. We have a great USF crowd here. Fun to be doing a football radio show in the offseason, although I'm sure the coaching staff would not describe this as the offseason. It is for us, but glad to be with you tonight. We're here until 7 o'clock, World of Beer, Fowler Avenue, and Coach Alex Golish joins us. Coach, thanks for being here. It's a busy, busy time. That goes without saying. We've got another signing day coming up. You're getting things in place for spring football. There is a lot going on. Yeah, just a little bit. We've got a signing day here in, in a day and a half and, and hopefully close this class out. Uh, there's still another period of, in the portal here in, at the end of April and May. But, yeah, we're, we're a month and a half away from um, really five weeks away from, from spring ball. And it's been nonstop here since December 3rd when I got here. Coach Golish, it seems like since you got here, it's like uh, drinking through a water hose. It's coming fast and furious. Do you have one signing day, now another signing day? I know you're looking at juniors. Is it almost like there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done you want to get done right now? Yeah, I think you you continuously try to prioritize what, what you've got to get done, but, but it has been. We've had official visits every weekend. We had 280 juniors and sophomores here on Saturday, and Thank God for the indoor facility where we were actually able to house, house that group of almost 600 people. We had 38 of the best kids in the Bay Area here two weeks ago on a Saturday. And, and so it's, it's been nonstop in that world. Probably even equally as important as that, we, we started workouts with our guys on, on the 8th when, when they got back. And there's a, an incredible level of excitement. So... Enough hours in a day, probably not, but, but I, I get more and more energized every day I walk in there, um, into that building, and with the staff, I'm more energized by those guys every day, uh, the coaches and the support staff that, that said, yeah, I'm coming to, coming to the Bay with you, man, and, and so the men and women in that building are, are working as hard as anybody to get this thing to where we want to we get it to, which is a lot of work, so there's no shortage of hours, but, but it's been a fun, fun almost two months here. I can't wait to see what's next. Well, when you analyze a job, when you're considering accepting it, you're looking at a lot of different things, trying to envision, I'm sure, what it's going to be like if you indeed did accept it and come here. Has anything surprised you in your first few weeks at South Florida? Anything that you hadn't anticipated? Or is it pretty much what you looked at coming in? Yeah, every day is a surprise. Um, I think as you learn and grow uh, at a place, you're, you're constantly figuring out things. You know, I, I think it's, I equate it to a game. I think every time anybody asks me, um, you know, you use the drinking through a water hose analogy. I, I think anytime you don't have a plan, you probably feel like that. Um, I've been, been preparing for this um, for quite a while. Um, maybe not specifically this opportunity itself, but an opportunity like it. Um, and then as, as I 
took those couple of days as, as we were working through the process. I, I analyzed the situation. And again, similar to a game, you have a plan, you attack it, and, and then just about every, every drive you make adjustments. So um, I think maybe the biggest surprise, if there was one, is just the hunger here to, to be really, really successful. I think as a program, we've, we've gotten that bit of success over the years here and there. And I think the, the, the excitement around what the ability of this program really is. Um, you know, we've been at a, at a place where we're in the national conversation. I think this place is really, really hungry to be in the national conversation every year. And I think as, as the college football playoff expands, I think that it should be the standard. My job is to set the standard and, and meet it and then keep raising it. And so um, I'm humbled by the opportunity every day, but I think every day brings a bunch of surprises and, and how we handle those surprises or adverse situations is, is gonna define who we are. As you mentioned, you've landed in a spot for your first head coaching job in, in a place full of, of great recruits fertile football territory that has won in the past, but not always won. And I know you mentioned uh, uh, recently, you know, you're not going to talk a lot about the past, you're moving forward, but can you learn from the past? Do you analyze what's happened here, what's worked, what hasn't, uh, and build off of that? How do you view what came before you, how it can help you move forward? Yeah, I, I think the biggest mistake we can make is not, not look at history or respect history or, or act like there is no history, you know? Um, when I said that, that I don't necessarily super care what's happened in the past, what I mean by that is the negativity or, or maybe the downfalls, I really don't care. Um, I'll analyze them, um, I'll study them and make sure we don't repeat the same mistake twice. Um, and I'm gonna embrace the, the successes as well and learn from those, because there have been a bunch. Um, my, my point to that is, we're, we're going to build it one way, and that way is the way that we're moving forward with it, you know? And, and so I do respect history, and I, you, you talk about, I've, I've had a chance to run into some, some greats. I got B.J. Daniels down the hall. I ran into Matt Grothy today and, and George Selby and, and JPP and these guys that you run into, and you're like, you know, you, you realize the pride that comes in, in, in wearing the green and gold and, and you meet those guys and you're more motivated than ever. And I know I'm not naming some, and I watched some play last night as, as we were meeting. Um, one made a huge play last night. You know, those are the guys that motivate you to, to bring that pride back to, to the green and gold. But at the same time, the, the landscape of college football is changing, and we're changing with it, and we're going in one direction, which is, which is bringing championships here when we earn the right to do that. Your staff is in place uh, in, in many cases. It's a staff that you have connections with at other universities. It's a very youthful staff as well. What were you looking for from your position coaches, from your administrators, building this staff really from scratch in a very short amount of time? Yeah, really um, humbled in a lot of ways by, by the guys that, and, and, and gals that took the call and and made the decision to, to come to Tampa. Um, I think it, it's, it's a staff that resembles who we are, which is, which is a level of trust and a level of caring about young people unmatched with any group I've ever worked with. Um, I think 
this profession right now and, and our game is, is being challenged in so many ways. Um, and you, you can read it on the bottom line every day. You can see it all over the country. What's going on with college football in a lot of ways is negative and, um, and maybe getting harder and harder to find, find people that truly are in it for the right reasons. I think we got, we got a group of, man, we're almost at 30-some 30, 30 people in the building. I'm looking at Andrew Warsaw our chief of staff who, I, I don't know, he's got a spreadsheet, but it's, um, we're going to be somewhere around 40 people that, that are working with our guys day to day that are, when I tell you, energized by that group of people that, that care about young people, that care about teaching and giving reasons for why. Some have a youthful approach, and then, and then you got guys like Kevin Patrick and Todd Orlando that have done it at the highest level and have won at the highest level that, that said, yeah, I'm coming to the Bay with you. Uh, and a guy like Kevin Patrick who's been here twice. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a cheering section. He remains um, a fan favorite here. <laughs> as he should be. That guy's, that guy's given more to this program for a guy that didn't play here than maybe anybody. Um, and guy that drove across across the state and never asked how much he was going to make. He was that excited to be here. Uh, but a bunch of guys that just want to do it for the right reasons. And, and maybe people will say that. I truly believe that. Pe guys and gals that care about young people, care about developing young people, care about real relationships with young people. And that's what this is. Um, you know, th this whole game is, is about developing relationships and, and taking young men to places that they didn't think they would ever take themselves. And um, you get a bunch of people like that, you can do something really special. There's a recruiting component to it that you've got to be able to go and recruit the best players in the country to come right here. And, um, and that's a challenge we've accepted. We've hit head on. And, and in a lot of ways, we're, we're hitting on all cylinders there, too. And what an incredible place to sell, right? I mean, I've vacationed here for 15 years. I got married here in 2010. Like, this is a place that, that is super easy to sell to a family. At the same time, the people that are involved and people that support the program and the people that, that buy season tickets to go to Ray J every week and, and, and those things, that sells the program. So for us, we got to continue to move forward as these young people, recruits, as they see see what a game day looks like here and eventually that game day will be right here right off of Fowler uh, that's a huge piece of it you know and and you combine that with the staff I think we, we got a lot of really really cool things going on one of the more interesting things about your background is you've done about every job there is in coaching I think from sweeping the floor to coaching every position to being a coordinator you you have worked your way up methodically every step of the way and now for the first time you're a head coach so what kind of head coach are you going to be? What, what do you think you're going to be like? What has changed in your life now that you're the guy in charge of this thing? What's, what's it going to be like for you moving forward? Yeah, I, I, I don't know um, what kind of head coach I'm going to be. I, uh, I feel like I'm just going to continue to be myself. It's, it's been good enough to this point. Um, I've always, always done it because I care about young people. I coach high school football. Um, I've coached on defense, coached on offense. Um, and I feel like I've always just had my feet planted in whatever job I'm doing. Um, and again, maybe unique in this day and age in our profession, but, but it's, it's worked up until this point. So I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to pour more into these young guys than, than I ever expect back. And like I said, for 20 years, it's worked. And I think that's one thing that's, 
that hasn't changed about college football is young people still need to be loved, cared about, told the truth, and, and you got to have a real genuine energy and passion for doing this. And um, I've never done it for any other reason other than giving back to young people. And, and so it's, it's, I think if you keep, keep the main thing the main thing, right, the, the good things will, will come out of it. So I don't know. Coach Alex Golish, it's just great to be with you on a January night at World of Beer. I wish we had a game this Saturday to talk about, but we will have one in April. And if you didn't see the news, the spring game is set. It's going to be back on campus this year, Corbett Stadium. And it's a Friday night, Friday, 7 o'clock, April 14th. So we're looking forward to that one, Coach. I know a lot's going to happen between now and then, but from a fan standpoint, that's pretty exciting Friday night and being back on campus for that game. Yeah, really excited. Um, kind of crazy how we got to that. Um, again, I'm going to go back to Andrew Warsaw over here, reminding me that Taylor Swift is in town that weekend. So um, I don't know how many Swifties we got in here. Uh, but yeah, there's like three back there. That's good. <laughs> um, but uh, we tried to do it to where um, it, it's a cool event on a Friday night on campus. There's something about, you know, having a Friday night game and, and being able to get, get a bunch of fans there, recruits there, um, creating a cool energy. There's a bunch of stuff going on on campus at that point. Super excited. That'll be practice 15 to 15. We got so much work to do. We'll get three in before spring break, and then we'll finish with the last 12 after spring break. And... Um, you know, we got about four weeks leading up to that. So, again, so excited to really, at this point, starting next week, get in and, and start installing Scheme. And, and these guys have already been, been around the offices about as, as much as anybody I've ever seen, um, really interrupting all sorts of meetings. And, and those are the best interruptions you can get is when the guys want to come up and learn and grow. It's a really eager group. You know, I, I think... Yeah, I talked about being energized when you walk in there. The players are who energizes you. Um, and the fact that you, you, you feed off of those guys. And we've got a group of guys right now that are so hungry to win, so hungry to learn. Um, I think still learning what process really looks like um, in terms of actually earning the, the right to win and earning the confidence to win. But they're learning, growing every day. Um, and, man, oh, man, spring game seems like a, mile, you know, a long ways away, and, and probably in a lot of ways it is. But, but that'll be a cool culmination of, of what spring looks like, and, and it'll be cool to put it on display. So with a completely new staff and a lot of new players, how would you describe your priorities for spring, what you're going to try to get done, and what you'd like to leave spring ball with uh, in your back pocket? Yeah, I think... The installation of what your base offense, defense, and special teams looks like uh, from a schematic standpoint, I think just as important as the scheme part of it, the culture of, of what our program is going to be, how we work, uh, what does practice look like, um, how we take care of each other, uh, the ability to stay healthy throughout. Um, and I think at the end of it, you, you want to leave the spring with a really good feel of where your roster is. Uh, you know, I... I've tried to be very, very open-minded about the guys on the roster that haven't played, that you don't have videotape evidence of what they've done. I've also, going back to our very first team meeting back from winter break on January 8th, you know, make it a clean slate for everybody and, and legitimately give everybody a shot. I, I think guys need a second chance, sometimes a new set of eyes to 
to recognize their abilities and, and so going into it with a completely clean slate. I told our staff, even as, as late as today, it's never going to be as good as you think and it's certainly not going to be as bad as you think. Just keep evaluating, keep, keep giving guys a shot to go, go earn a job and you want to leave spring with, with a legitimate feel for where you are from a too deep standpoint. One, to, to know what you got to go get in recruiting and know where that second portal window is and, and what you what you have to attack there. But just as much as anything, you got to leave like you've you've laid a foundation for what your program is from a work work capacity standpoint, from a from a how to practice standpoint, knowing that everything's coming from scratch, which is which is really fun. So excited about it. You talked about building relationships, taking care of student athletes, which sound like a couple of your core values. Does that become more difficult the way the game is changing now? Uh, do you see around the country maybe some schools losing sight of that a little bit as they deal with NAL and transfer portals and all the things that maybe 10 years ago none of us would have foreseen in this game? Um, yeah, I, I think the part that never is going to change and, and certainly hasn't changed to this point is is guys crave real relationships and guys want to get coached. Um, so I think that part will never change. I think there's probably an underlying um, theme among college football right now that, that there's probably some quick fix solutions in the portal and some quick answer things in the portal. But that's real and we got to adjust and we got to go. And we've adjusted as good as probably anybody in the country with, with the portal part of it, the NIL part. Um, it has been an ongoing deal and, and we're right in the middle of it and, and we're, we're hitting it head on and, and, and the Fowler, Fowler Avenue Collective has been, been working really, really hard. Um, and um, and if, if you're not a part of it, you need to be a part of it. You got to support our guys. And, and um, I think that part is absolutely huge and, and I'll keep spreading the word there and keep supporting those guys because they're working really hard to do the same for our players. Uh, but I do think in terms of guys changing around college football, I can only speak to what the program that I'm running. And, and here we're, we're going to coach our guys very much the same way. I, I think if you give players a reason for why and explain it, um, I think if anything's changed, that's probably it. Guys want to know why. And if you're a real teacher and a real, real coach and, and an honest man of character, then you should explain why. Um, and so I think right now, if you can build a real culture um, and, and build an actual team that is based on trust and honesty and attitude and effort and all those things that are really, really important, and it's actually built around real relationships, you got a chance to hang on to your kids. And, and so that's part of it. And I think maybe, if anything, the, the new modern age of college football exposes exposes the lack of all of that within programs and and obviously you're fighting like crazy to to build it the other way you you alluded to the changes the nil the transfer portal there's a lot of change in college football but one thing you've said recently is one thing that will never change is the ability to work hard and outwork somebody else and that's what you pride yourself on that's what your program is going to be built upon how do you go about doing that how do you go about working harder working smarter working more efficiently Cutting, you know, getting to the to the core solution quicker than anybody else. What's your what's your philosophy about how you can get that done here? Yeah, I think you show up every day to work and, and you roll up your sleeves and and 
you you make every decision you can with with the players in mind. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that the greatest power you have every morning is the power to choose, and and you got a chance to to hit the snooze alarm a couple times or not. And uh, I think if you're really motivated and and really have a higher purpose, generally don't hit the snooze a whole lot. And so that's the culture you're you're building every day within those walls. You recruit you recruit your culture in a lot of ways too. Um, you also recruit your problems. And so finding and diving deep into, into the recruiting part of it is absolutely huge that you're going to recruit guys that are about the same stuff. Um, how do you do that? You, you recruit kids from programs where that's also really important. You recruit kids from winning programs, and, and you know, it's no coincidence that, that you look at programs that we've taken guys from are programs where they generally have worked harder than everybody else as well. But I think you, you, when you work, when you're in the office or on the road recruiting, you work really hard, and then you've got to find a balance to give, give guys, coaches on our staff, our players, the time off. The one thing that I promised the guys, and, and I feel like I've held true to the promise so far, is, is when, when you're off, you're off. When you're here, you're, you're going to work harder than anybody in the country. Our staff, our players, our support staff, Everybody, that, that's how we're going to rock and roll. I'll never waste anybody's time. We're going to come in. We're going to be, we're going to work as hard as we can for as long as we can. And, uh, and then we'll take our time off. The cool thing here is when you got time off, you're, you're about 25 minutes from, from the nicest beaches in the country. You got theme parks everywhere. You got, you got Bush Gardens, Disney, Universal, all these incredible places that when you're off, you're about a half hour away from, from being anywhere you want to, to actually get away and relax for a little bit. And, and so I think that's a huge selling point to obviously kids and, and certainly um, coaches as you attract top-notch people here. But, but I think you set the tone as the head coach and you, you hire like-minded people. Um, you got a chance to do some special things and in the same breath, you, you set the tone as the head coach and you recruit like-minded people. And there's always going to be people, young people, especially on the edge. And if, if your locker room can support what you're trying to do, those guys will generally sway towards, towards your personality. So, Who were the big influences in your coaching career, especially as you were getting started? Who were the, the men and the women who uh, really helped you on your way? Yeah, I think probably more than anybody, my parents um, learned learned what hard work looks like from them um, and um, given, given us an opportunity to, to go chase our goals and dreams in, in every imaginable way. Um, one of my high school coaches who I know it's been publicized is here uh, as our director of player development, Jeff Jones, guy that was, was our high school offensive coordinator and then gave me my first job, really got me into coaching. Um, that guy um, did a lot for me um, and you know he's he's here on our staff doing doing the same thing for for our players as he did for for me and, and the guys I, I went to school with um, you know I've worked for some some incredible men that that have done it the right way and, and you know and Jim Tressel and Joe Novak and you know Mike Gundy about the longest tenured head coach in that league now and and Matt Campbell and what he's done in building that program and, and you know, Josh Heupel here, what, what he was able to do in the last two years um, 
at, at the University of Tennessee and, and leading that program back into real national relevance and, and in a college football playoff conversation in two years. Um, some guys that, that have done it the right way, have worked extremely hard to build programs, sustain programs. Um, I've been really, really fortunate to be around some incredible, incredible men um, that, that have done it at every imaginable level. And I think you, you take a little bit from every single one of them. Uh, you, there's certainly things that you take, take away that, weren't, that you didn't feel like were good. Uh, but I think the biggest mistake we can make as leaders is to try to replicate somebody. Um, I think you take as much as you can from, from the good and the bad of everybody. And, and then at the end of the, the day, you got to go do it your way. And, and, and my way is very much one of listening to the, to the incredible people around me. Um, and taking, taking everybody's opinion and then making the best decision you possibly can, again, with one thing in mind, which is the players. And I think when you start making decisions based on, on anything other than that, then you're going to screw it up. And so I think if we keep the players first, keep the university first, keep this program first, and then worry about ourselves later, um, I think I think we can do incredible things. So, gotten a little bit from every one of those guys. So you're you're a smart guy. You're a hardworking guy. I'm guessing if you chose to, you could have been leading a corporation or something like that. What is it about coaching that pulled you in? What is it about coaching that's kept you in it? Yeah, I think it's the same thing that when I when I got my first job coaching high school football, um, I, I I enjoy the football and the young people. Um, you know, I've, I've done very little football here the last two months, but the very little I, I've gotten to do has been like the most exciting and fun time for me. The, the meetings, you know, we've met with the team once a week here for, through recruiting. That 45-minute meeting is my favorite 45 minutes of the week. And, and then we got an hour of football with our staff today before I had to run and, and, and do some, deal, some things in the community and, and that hour was really, really fun. Um, you know, I enjoy the scheme part of it. I enjoy the competition part of it. I enjoy being on the grass and, and coaching young guys. I enjoy listening to young guys. I enjoy the conversations in my office with young guys. Some of my favorite relationships and my best relationships in my life besides my family is the players. And, um, and there's nothing cooler than getting a call. I got two of them this year of guys that I coached at a previous spot that finally made an active roster in the NFL, but equally as cool as two summers ago, my kiddos were in, in a long snapper that I coached years ago in his wedding. Uh, they were the, literally in the wedding. Uh, you know, like those phone calls are, are cooler than maybe anything else because you know you actually did it for the right reasons and, and, and change, cha help change somebody's life for the better. Um, you know, I've always thought if that player-coach relationship is done the right way, it should last a lifetime. And, and as evidenced by the one guy that's leading the charge of our player development side of our, of our program is a guy that did it for me and uh, used to pick me up, take me to workouts, and, um, and change my life for the better. And again, I, I think you take a little bit from everybody. You, you learn as you go, but, but I've always thought that the, being with the players and being in a staff room are some of the coolest, coolest times you can do. I, I don't know, running a corporation, I don't know if I could wear a suit every day to work but, uh, or sit at a desk, but 
Um, but sitting in a room and, and game planning and scheming and then being able to sell the plan to your players, I don't know if there's anything cooler than that. You know, my wife thinks we, we hang out at the office and play, play video games all day. But, and maybe sometimes you want to, but at the end of the day, it is a game and, and you, can, you can work harder than somebody and, and find a way to beat them. Um, and there's nothing cooler than that. Somehow I always find a way to make it personal and maybe that's what makes me a little bit unique, but um, I generally hate everybody I coach against. So um, I don't know, probably too much information there for gonna, you. Going to make for some interesting press conferences come this fall. Yeah. <laughs> we'll follow up on some of that later. So pretty soon uh, signing day will be over. You'll be back on the practice grass again, coaching them up. Uh, I know there's a lot of curiosity about what kind of offense you're going to run. What's it going to look like? We saw certainly Tennessee putting up huge numbers all of last season. How would you describe, you know, core philosophy, what you like to do on offense and how that might translate to what people will see on the field next year? Yeah, um, I, I think what, what you saw uh, at Tennessee and, and certainly going back to the, the, the place before that is a, is a wide open, high tempo, uh, run first offense that the, the main objective is to create a bunch of grass and space for athletes to run in and and uh, certainly create explosive plays as, as fast as imaginably possible. Um, and so that's, that's the objective. Uh, what we look like, I think, will be really determined by the personnel we have. Um, and at the end of the day, offensive football is, is putting, putting your best players against their worst players in as much space as you possibly can. We just choose to do it with even more space than most, and then we do it really, really fast. Um, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world at all, but I know the hardest thing to do in football is, is tackle in space. And, and so the one thing I figured out is how to create as much space as you can. And, and then if you do it really fast, it's just a lot more fun. So um, that's, that's what you would hope would look like offensively. You touched on the practice facility. We're just starting to see the benefits of that building being on campus, being open, and being in full use. Plans for the on-campus stadium uh, continue to progress. Fans are excited about that. How big do the, uh, the uh, buildings, the facilities play in to what you're selling here at South Florida, especially that on-campus stadium, which is a ways away, but continues to progress. Yeah, I don't think it's a ways away. I think we're, we're well on our way. Um, I think it'll be here sooner than, than, um, than maybe we originally thought. Um, Michael Kelly's in here somewhere, so a little pressure on him to, uh, to get that thing up and running. Uh, but um, I think twofold, the, the uh, indoor facility, um, even the, the touch-ups that have been done to, to Leroy Selman Center in our area, um, I, think, I think twofold. One, obviously, you need the indoor facility um, to, to be able to practice year-round, uh, to be able to take advantage of recovery days in the summer in the heat where you can get them into air conditioning and, and, and do right by their bodies to be able to recover like they need to to be able to prepare to be able to play in season in the same breath, the, the days where you don't want to exert those guys, be able to be in air conditioning and, and, um, and, and recover in that way. Certainly, if it rains, I don't know if it rains here at all, but if it does rain, being able to, to, go, um, to go in there. But 
the other part of it, I think more than anything else, the practicality part of it is really, really big to host events and, and things. But more than that is I think it just shows the commitment of, of in a lot of ways, finally, that, hey, there is a commitment certainly to football, um, certainly to athletics. But, but from a football side that, gosh darn it, we're going we're gonna to commit a ton of resources. And, and Will Weatherford said it, um, said it as, as we were going through this process, but there, there's been more put into athletics here in the last year, certainly to football, than there had in the previous 25. And I think that drive's got to keep going forward. Um, I think as soon as you, you settle and say, man, we're in a good spot, somebody's going to do something better than you, and they certainly are all over the country. So we've got to get the stadium built um, as fast as we can. We've got to get the football facility built as fast as we can. Um, and again, pressure on a lot of people, including our administration and, and uh, certainly the, the people that are willing to give their resources to, to do so uh, um, from a corporate standpoint and from a private standpoint. And then the other part of it, just as important, if not more important in a lot of ways, is, is the, the NIL piece of it, because that is real. And, and in every imaginable way, we got to keep, keep pushing that forward. Just as an aside, I grew up here. It does rain here on occasion, just, to, okay. just to fill you in. Asked you about offense, want to ask you about defense. Uh, you have Todd Orlando on board now as the defensive coordinator. That's a, a unit that, that hasn't had a lot of success in the last few years. How would you describe your overarching philosophy toward what Todd's trying to do on defense and stopping the other guys as you move forward? Yeah, again, I go back to I don't actually care what's happened here the last couple of years. Um, but but I, I'm with you. Uh, we're going to respect history and, and keep moving forward. Um, Todd Orlando is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, and I say that from the four years I coached against him, um, going back to, to his time at Texas. That was the hardest week to prepare for for me for, for four straight years um, with, with what you d thought or knew you were going to get. Um, and because it was it was always something different than what you thought. I, I thought Todd, as a defensive coordinator, is the only guy I've ever gone against that, that schemes defense like, like I scheme offense, where it's, it's designed as a matchup to win every time. Uh, it's not the same structure every time. And somehow, some way, he's able to get his kids to play really fast while giving you a million different pictures. As an offensive as an offensive guy, the one thing that scares you is when you can get a different picture than what you thought every single time. And that's one thing Todd did at his time at Texas. But he did the same thing at Houston. He did the same thing at UConn. He did the same thing at Utah State. Did the same thing at USC. And, um, and I've been part of a staff that tried to hire Todd um, not too long ago, and he wouldn't come. And, and when I was going through the process in, um, in late November, early December, to be honest with you, without really knowing where this was all going to lead, um, I knew Todd was the was the first phone call, and uh, I may or may not have made it before before I took this job. But but um, he's another guy that that was like, where are we going? Um, because I think in every imaginable way, Todd Todd's vision of what this has been, and he's done this as long as I have, maybe a little bit longer. No correction, definitely longer than I have. Um, it, the fact that all he at this point in his career wants to do is just work around really good people and, um, and work for good people, with good people, and have, be around like-minded people like him. And I think we spent, we spent an hour on the phone um, in late November, early December, 
and the conversation ended with, man, whatever, whatever you do, I'm doing it with you. And, um, and so having a partner on the other side of the ball, um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be over there with those guys a bunch as well, but, but having a partner on that side of the ball that one has done it at an extremely high level, has, has more care and want to than anybody in that building to, to do it the right way, to recruit the right way, to, to pour into the players and actually care about the players um, as, much as, as much as I do. Having that partnership and knowing that that side of the ball is, is being done right. Um, I, I, I don't know if I could do this job if I didn't have that. Um, and certainly I'm beyond grateful for him to be here. And he's another guy that drove across the state and didn't really ask a whole lot of questions and met me here right when I got here. So super humbled by, by Todd being here. Um, certainly Kevin Patrick deciding to do the same thing. And, and you talk about a guy in James Rowe who, who was a allegedly big-time left-handed pitcher here at one point. Uh, turn football coach there's a guy that was coaching the secondary for the Chicago Bears that called us wanting to come back here um, and uh, not because he was out of a job trust me there was a fight to, to get him out of that job but a guy that's coaching at the highest level in our game um, and wanted to come back here because this place means so much to him um, so you talk about a defensive staff that's that's incredible and you got Chad Creamer over there who who was with me? This is the fourth time we're together, um, and um, and a guy in in Matt Burkett who who just competed for for the at JMU for for a conference title and was part of winning a national championship there and helping build that program. Um, you talk about a group of guys over on that side of the ball that are that are elite at their craft. Um, I feel incredibly good about what's going on over there. Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. We're looking forward to doing this every week when we get to fall. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to, to come here. Do we get to eat at all? Absolutely. We do. All, all right. sorts of awesome. deals here. It's a great place at World of Beer on Fowler Avenue. We welcome in Bulls quarterback Gary Bohannon. Gary, it's good to see you. Thank you for taking time for us. I guess the question most folks here want to know is how is the recovery going from your injury last year? Thank you guys for having me, first of all. Um, I would say the recovery process is going really, really good. Um, I'm ahead of schedule a little bit, so that's good. Um, continuing to work each and every day just to improve and get healthier. And main goal right now is just to get healthy as fast as possible. And so far, it's been going really good. Good. Gary, in the, in the Tulane game, uh, you were running the ball, and it, we, we didn't notice anything unusual about the play. And you were down on the field, and then you got carted off we were told you were hurt you look at it the naked eye it didn't look like it was anything alarming what happened on the play and 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 what was the injury exactly um i would say that's one of the crazy things about the game of football it's never really like this big crazy hit it's always something that you something that happens pretty often and like that was a hit that happens to me pretty often every game basically um just the guy end up making direct contact with my shoulder causing it to shift away that um a little bit out of socket where it's not used to moving as much, I'm causing a little slight tear in it. Um, so now I'm just letting that tear heal and strengthening and getting that mobility back. And it came at a time, I think most fans would say, that you were playing your best football of the year, where things were really starting to come together with this South Florida program. You can't do much about it. Things happen when they happen, but it, it had to be a little bit frustrating. I know it was for us watching it. 
I will say that it was frustrating. Um, I just felt that game was a different game for us, the way we prepared that week, um, the energy on the field, the energy in the locker room. It just felt like it was that game to flip the season around. So I would say that it bothered me. I was hurt by it a lot. Um, just wanted to be out there with the guys to compete a little bit more, compete for the rest of the season and the rest of that game. But things happen for a reason. I know this season will be a lot better. So, Gary, a lot's happened to you in the last year since you transferred here from Baylor, including the injury and recovery. But you have a new head coach and a new staff. I know you have a previous relationship with Coach Golish. So what do you think about Coach Golish and the new guys and how you guys are going to move forward with the new staff? Um, I'm excited to get to play for him. I'm excited to get to work with him. Um, I've been working with him pretty much these last couple months since he's got hired, just learning the things. And I would say everything is exciting. It's exciting to watch. It's exciting to learn. And I'm just ready to get out there and get to doing it with them. Um, I would say everybody's excited about it. I mean, there's change. And sometimes change is always good. And I would say this change right now, I think it's good. Everybody's excited about it. Um, the energy in the facility, the guys, the extra work, the um, just attention to detail with everyone. It's exciting. As you begin to study this offense uh, that's going to be a part of this USF team next year, how does it match your skill set? Are you excited about this new offensive philosophy? I'm very excited about it. Um, I think it's explosive. Like you said, it's a run-first offense, um, which you have to be able to run about to be a good team. And just the pass game for itself, it's a vertical pass game. Um, very, very explosive. A lot of big plays on film, a lot of points to be scored. So as a quarterback, you can't do anything but be excited about that. So uh, as I understand it, you're still recovering from injury and you won't be available for spring football. So what role will you have during spring? You were sort of, a, I guess, a, a, a co-coach uh, your last few games of the regular season. Is that your role in spring? Yeah, I'll be coaching and getting as many mental reps as possible, being back there behind the guys, helping everybody get in line, um, helping with the plays, and just getting, being at the back, just observing everything. I'll be able to do a lot of the reps besides throwing the ball, so just taking advantage of the mental reps, seeing the pitcher, seeing um, the, the offense and the scheme, and just going through my reads. Um, just everything but, but throwing the ball, so. Coach told us earlier in the hour you were one of the key guys hosting recruits coming in. That's an important job as well. I know you've gone through the process on the other side. What's it like hosting some of the young men that are coming in and trying to sell them that South Florida dream? I would say just since I've been here being a boy, it's exciting. Um, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And just I want to see this program do, do well. Um, I want to be the one to flip it around and be a part of that. So just getting guys in that, that are the guys that we want, the guys that we desire, and just having those guys be on the same page with us. Um, getting a feel for the guys um, on the visits. And I would say the visits have been really, really good. Um, as you can see, we got quite a bit of commits coming. So I would say we're doing a good job. Um, I'm just excited about it. I think everybody see what's coming. You can look at Astros film the year before, say what you want to say, but we know what the work that we're putting in, we know what's going on. We have a staff that we believe in, and they believe in us, and so we're going to make sure we make that flip. Gary, after you got hurt, of course, Catravis Marsh took over, then he got hurt. So the last few games, Byron Brown, a true freshman, had to step in there. I know initially people were wondering, how, you know, what's this going to be like for the, for the young guy? The young guy played pretty well. And I know he, he said you were a great help to him. You were in his ear a lot, getting him ready for that. What, what were your observations, what you saw from Byron Brown in the last few games? Um, I, I was, like, I felt like it was like uh, my little brother out there playing. Um, that guy, he works hard. He's always under my wing. He, he's a guy that loves film, just looking for ways to improve however he can. And just for a guy that prepares like that, wastes his turn, and to go out there and play well, you're just so happy for him. Like, I could have shed a tear for the guy, to be honest, which I hugged him after his first touchdown, asked him how did it feel, 
um, and just would talk to him. We would meet every day and just go through everything with him just so he'd be prepared. And he's a guy that even when he wasn't playing, he was right there watching film with me. Like he was right there with Trey watching film. Like he's just a guy that's hungry and loves the game. So just for a guy that loves the game and have success is it's something that you want, something he deserves. Well, Gary, we thank you for coming out tonight. Keep getting well. We're looking forward to seeing you play in the fall, and we know we'll see you around in the spring as well. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited for it. Gary Bohannon, Bulls quarterback on the mend after his shoulder injury. Joey, somehow we got to make it through the middle of April before we see these guys on the field in any kind of game position. But the practices are going to be fun also, 14 of them leading up to that spring game. A lot of optimism heading in and uh, still a lot of things, obviously, to find out about this team as we move forward. But we're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of new coaches, a lot of new players to learn. Uh, a lot of uh, excitement already starting to build, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to know everyone and seeing how it's all going to unfold. Really enjoyed tonight. Some interesting answers from Coach Golish, who I'm looking forward to getting to know better. So I think, uh, like most USF fans, just eager to see what's next. Tickets, 1-800-GO-BULLS for the regular season. It'll be here before we know it at Raymond James Stadium. We'll be back this fall with a series of 12 of these shows. Until then, thanks for joining us tonight. For Joey Johnston, Jim Lauk, saying goodnight from World of Beer on Fowler Avenue. This is the USF Football Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the USF Football Radio Show on the USF Football Radio Network. That's six for the Bulls. For replays of this show and 24-7 coverage of all South Florida sports. Remember to keep it on USF Bulls Unlimited. Available for free on the TuneIn app. Touchdown!